0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Seen podcast. I am Professor Selina Bartlett. This podcast has been established to help parents master parenting in the digital age. It's also to go along with my new book called Being Seen. The aim is to interview parents to see their struggles and what they're doing to combat the digital onslaught and experts around the world. So together, we can activate the parent network educators and anyone interested in keeping children safe online in 2024. Thank you. Today we're joined by Beth Tyson. She's a childhood trauma and consultant and expert, psychotherapist, mental health journalist and children's book author. Thank you so much uh, for joining us once again on the podcast. Uh, we benefit so much from your experience in this space. And today we want to talk about uh, social media and screens and the struggle that parents are having uh in this space so welcome beth thank you for coming
1: yeah thanks for having me back i'm happy to be here again to share with you
0: and i say and i'm interviewing lots and lots of parents now because as you know i've written a new book because of this very topic the reason i wrote it and changed it because as you know you and i talk a lot about early life experiences and trauma and how that impacts the brain. And it's always traditional traumas like child abuse, physical abuse, you know, all of this thousands of papers in this topic, right? So now people are trauma informed, but someone said to me, you need to update your knowledge to include 2024, which is now online. Forget about 1986. That's all really interesting. And and yes, matters, but really what's really happening to children that no one's paying attention to is the online abuse really early on in being seen and why um, I should have told you that. Sorry. Um, don't, no believe the lie that what, don't believe the lie that what happens to you in childhood has no impact. The one that one here, look, page 20. Yeah. There are enormous costs to children's lives of blindly believing that parenting children is natural and that they are resilient and can overcome ACEs. And then I go with quotes we need to stop believing the lie that young children won't be impacted by what, by what happens to the, what happens in early childhood," says Beth Tyson, a trauma expert and guest on my podcast. Oh,
1: that's amazing! These Thank you. Outdated, <laughs> these
0: are outdated notions of parenting, and the neuroscience is unequivocal. Aces contribute significantly. This is me then going on. So th- this is on my first chapter of. Oh my Being gosh, Sick- that's so cool! You know, yeah, as you're a young parent let's have that conversation just let's you know normalize it all parents are struggling but no one wants to talk about it because we think that you're meant to be part of this tech revolution because that's what they're going to have as jobs that's what you're told every parent saying that all parents need to uh, kids need to be able to code and but maybe not because ai is going to do that anyway so you know what i mean like that's what's the messaging coming to you that makes you feel the biggest struggle is how to
1: I'm not an ex I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an expert in this aspect of the social media stuff but um and really I'm I'm I mess up as a parent all the time and make bad decisions and regrets and stuff so you know I'm I'm always learning and I'm learning in this area too so like we are pretty strict with from what I can tell from other families where we don't let her have any screen time during the week, like during school week, but she is allowed to have screen time on the weekends. And that looks like, you know, she can, she can watch, um, on her iPad. She has an iPad, but it's not hooked up to like any social media or she doesn't have any access to any of that. And she has, um, like kids, like kids Netflix and some things that she can watch that I have, uh, that I feel like safe-ish <laughs> with, you know, and um, and really, I think it's it's mostly just parents are exhausted. We're we're just so exhausted and we're burnt out, and there's not a whole lot of options, you know. When we need some downtime, it's like this is, you know, this is the downtime that that we get. You know, the kid is quiet for an hour or two, and we get to relax and take a rest or watch a movie and you know, it's just, it's like, that's the battle I think is that parents are just exhausted. Like my daughter, she just goes and goes and goes all day long. Like she won't, she doesn't nap. She does, she is going and going and going all day long. And I'm 45 and she's eight. And so I think because I'm an older mom, I'm just tired. And so, you know, I need a break. And as a mom to an only child, I'm her playmate all the time. So we do let her have some screen time, but it's with apps that are, you know, set up for children. And we have safety precautions put in there so that she's not getting access to the adult content which isn't foolproof but we also are always in the room with her when she's on it so that we know we can kind of overhear what she's listening to I check in frequently to see what she's watching I'll ask her about it if something sounds unfamiliar I'll be like oh what is that you're watching and kind of tune in and make sure it's okay and um We also have uh, Sync Up Kids, which is through the T-Mobile phone company where she has a little watch that she can wear so that she can have some freedom and go out and play in the neighborhood. But I can always have some contact with her without her having a cell phone to call me with. So that just allows her to call me, to text me, and I can even put parameters in. And if she leaves the parameters, it alerts me. So, um, so that's, you know, just a safety in a suburban neighborhood that's helpful. She, you know, if one of the kids says, oh, hey, let's go over here and, and she follows them, you know, what if I go to then pick her up thinking she's one place and then she's not there, I can, I would be alerted if she left like our neighborhood, let's say, um, So in the one way, it affords her more freedom, because I think I would be afraid to let her go out and do that if I didn't have some way to be in touch with her. Um, And I want her to have freedom. Kids need to have that sense of freedom because that teaches them, they need to learn how to, you know, navigate without their parents by their side every second. And as scary as that is, um, you know, They have to have those experiences too. When we're constantly trying to bubble wrap them and protect them, then they're also learning that the world is a scary place and that they're not safe. And that's, yeah, it's it's a lot.
0: It shouldn't be on the families all the time. And they shouldn't have these, they should, there should be just a blanket statement that phones are unsafe in the home right now until tech companies do something but that's really not going to happen so the only education piece that matters right now is to know that this is going on for the families and the parents so at least the awareness is there like smoking you wouldn't imagine giving a cigarette a five-year-old a cigarette right now but once upon a time everyone was smoking in the house
1: right (laughs) right so true
0: so I see so this. Is, we're in the same category of the public health issue around the phones in the home, and but we're just not. We're at the beginning stages of like a you know anti smoking campaign set up. Like you can't even imagine everyone in your home smoking around all your babies now, can you?
1: No, not a chance, not a chance. Yeah, I mean it's it really it really is uh, such such a toxic. Um, part of our everyday life that we take for granted, I think, or we we ignore, or we're just addicted to ourselves. And and it's just so hard. It's just so hard to battle it, really. I mean, it's coming at you as a parent from every angle. Um, you know, it's, I have an eight-year-old daughter who's loves, 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 loves her screen time, you know, and it's it's just tough. It's a constant, constant battle to make sure that she's safe and that she's, um, you know, not using it too much, you know, but using it, you know, somewhat because it's just part, it is somewhat part of their culture, right. As who they are. Um,
0: yeah. So, so basically there is no safe place for children online right now. And, and there's a whole section of parents battling this through trying to get, going backwards, like getting flip phones, uh, devices where children can only text and phone so they don't have access to all this information. Uh, their brains aren't ready for it, as you know, because they're young brains. So they can't handle the information that's coming at them through the phone in prep. Mm-hmm. So it's become so normalized in our society that we've all become, we all think that's safe for kids too. So. So that's why I wrote this book book to be honest and why I'm really wanting to promote the awareness through without awareness we can't change anything. So I
1: feel like um on the one hand we want like I want to make sure she's safe and on the other hand I mean there's there's this it's such
0: a part of life so we that's not our fault that yeah. we've normalized it right that's yeah. what i'm saying the problem is so bad because it's so normalized like smoking was everyone right. smoked. in 1980 everyone smoked and the advertising right. told us <clears throat> it was safe and cool and we felt really cool and safe doing it
1: we can do from a relational standpoint is yes. it's you know be aware of how to build those healthy early attachments with our children so that if things do come up later down the road that they feel that they can come to you and talk to you and tell you that something's off with someone they met or mom, what do you think about this text I got? Is this weird? You know, if you have an open line and you have a trusting relationship that started early in life, then you can continue building that trust with your child and that attachment. um, So that hopefully if they do come across something that's, unusual you know they would bring it up to you that's that's the hope right i mean we don't know you know we know yeah, kids are going to tell so us everything
0: yeah that's really important absolutely important right. that's the long game but for pe- people that don't have that right now the short game is and this is what right. uh, strategies that i know that since people learned about this they they go home they unplug everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: immediately and start again they have family tech plans where this, where everyone sits around dinner table and writes out a plan for that every person in the house that everyone agrees to, and the children get to participate. So that's what a big one is a family tech plan, and that's working really well. And you should see the consequences of the how the kids are and the family are after that, where they're eating together again, but they also have a place where the phones and every device is being charged in one spot in the house, and they have tech free Tuesdays. Um, they literally just nail it immediately just under the assumption that everyone's not safe. Mm. So they start yeah. there. Everyone now is not safe in 2024. We do that. You know this we all have that inside us when we hear things we don't want to hear and we and so we mm-hmm. immediately always go to that's not my child I do all of these things. To protect. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's my first response. I'm like, no, no, it's not happening to my kid. You know, you, you, it's just too painful. Yeah,
0: and so, you have to
1: get past that. You have.
0: To, yeah, but you, you did, and and this happens every time I have one to one with people. Immediate response, then they think, then they process it, and then they come out the other side saying, "Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense." I must think my. I must think that's unsafe and therefore now what I'll do is this. So I have parents that go home immediately and unplug just for a night Mm -hmm. to rebuild the strategy of looking for the holes in the system and then through that unplugging just Mm -hmm. for one night, they go, oh, my God, I had no idea about blah, 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 never thought about it, and then they start to build back in safety strategies. So it's not about Mm -hmm. you're bad or anything. It's about recognising how alarming the situation has become in 2024. And that's it. And it's just, it's like, how do we wake up the system? Is how I'm looking at it. And I don't think it's a blame on parents at all. I think parents should not have to be dealing no. with
1: it. I listened to a podcast a few months ago, maybe two months ago, and it was on this topic of keeping our kids safe online and. I was inspired afterwards to send out like an, like an awareness text to my closest group of girlfriends. And um, I forget exactly what I said, but I was so nervous to send oh. it. Cause I didn't want to send like, I didn't want to sound like a Debbie downer. I didn't want to send sound like know. a fear monger. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to ruin anyone's day, you know, I with know. this negative I know. information, but I was like, I just felt such a duty to say something because that's how that's how we can protect our children is when we're talking about it, being more aware of it. So Um, even not even with like online abuse, but even, you know, in person abuse, um, you know, if 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 you're going to be less. of, I know it sounds horrible, but it's almost like if if you're a family that's known to talk about sexual abuse and that you're aware of it and you're aware of the things that are grooming and you're aware of these different things that people do to target children, then you become the family not, you, you, you kind of take the target off your back. Like if there's someone in the community that's going to target families and they know that you're the family that is already talking about it, already aware about it, already has a plan in place, has educated your children about it, you're not afraid to talk about it, then you're less of a target. And yes. I know that sounds
0: And so therefore as parents, what do we do? Okay, let's get together and let's have a book club. Let's talk about this openly. Let's not be ashamed. Let's help each other. How can we see our kids more face to face? Like how can we reduce the stress on each of us? Can we each take in the kids and you go and have a day off? Can we um, recognize that no phones should be in bedrooms and bathrooms full stop right now? They're just not, Mm -hmm. there's just where the photos are being taken and where right. they're getting groomed right. right there because it's a safe place with the doors closed and you don't right. feel like you go in so just simple things but th- even those few things as you said just the conversation you talking to your friends is the first step right it was awful for you and why should have had to yeah be? it
1: was scary but it was scary but i had positive reinforcement Feedback. from it because people wrote back and said you thank know, you thank you so much for sharing that thank you for bringing this up thank you for not being afraid and I and I said I was I hesitated to hit the send button like ten times before I you know I didn't want to be you know a negative Nelly or a scaremonger or whatever but I said it's just so important that we talk about this and
0: thank you, know. you Beth for doing that you just saved probably one child at least I mean
1: these are some things we can definitely do um yes, we you can. know, I really like that, the idea of you know, making sure um, the child is not alone with their phone yes. and keeping them keeping them with an earshot, that's been helpful to me um, as a strategy. And the bathrooms and bedrooms rule is also, you know, and that's just good for sleep hygiene too. You don't really want the phone, them getting used to having the phone in the bedroom, especially at a young age, because then it becomes like a habit. And then, you know, when they're yeah. older, they'll be on it you know, at 3 a.m. And- instead of getting sleep yeah. and sleep.
0: So no access to social media at all until at least they're 13. Yeah. And that's a big call because all of the sporting organisations in the US are now, the schools allow the kids to use Snapchat to organise stuff. Oh, boy. And so this is what's happening online to parents for their struggles, the things that parents have to struggle with that are trying to prevent their kids from being harmed. And then this is what they're battling. So. So, Beth, thank you so much for everything you do in your life to put children at the centre of something that no one wants to talk about. I know you've saved at least a hand. We just don't know what children you're saving. It You'll never find out the exact numbers, but I I do know that you have a massive influence and I'm really grateful for all the work you're doing in these spaces and thank you for your time your energy (laughs) and your books.